With the news media covering increasingly more news about data breaches and security and the use of personal data in ways that invade people's privacy, you need to know how to keep your business's data, not to mention your own personal data, safe from hacks and your business operating in the most secure environment. Otherwise, this can not only hurt your business reputation, it can cost you clients. Welcome to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor, we are here to help you mitigate potential damages and losses before the hackers even have your number. Now, here is the Privacy Professor and your host, Rebecca Harold. Hello, and welcome to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. I'm Rebecca Harold, your host. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the 58th episode of my show. I use my show to help raise awareness of information security and privacy risks and issues. And I also love to provide worldwide listeners with practical tips and actions so that uh, I can help you to improve information security and to better protect privacy. Please subscribe to my show on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Google Play, Podtoppin, or whatever your favorite podcast or news app is. And also, please subscribe to my show on Voice America Business Channel website. Then you'll be notified just as soon as each new show is available. You know, I appreciate so much all of you who tune in to the show each week. I want to give a really special welcome to many new listeners I saw in my uh, report this week who are from Trinidad and Tobago and also South Korea, Australia, and many other locations, all places I'd love to visit someday. I was also really happy to see the large number of listeners of my recent show, with Emmy Award-winning Bruce Sussman from Secure World when we discussed cryptography and code breaker pioneer Elizabeth Smith Friedman. That's really cool. I like to see that. And I received some really great messages about that episode as well. So thank you for taking the time to send me your feedback. And thanks to all of my listeners in the at least 62 countries throughout the world. I truly do appreciate you all. Now, if any of you are interested in being a sponsor or advertiser for my show, just get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you. And if you need help with information security or privacy, let me know that also. And keep all of your feedback and questions coming in. My March Privacy Professor Tips message was published on February 27th. So did you get yours? Well, if not, please go ahead and sign up for them. I've provided them for free since 2007. And this is my effort to increase general awareness of information security and privacy issues. And I also wanted to provide it as a free awareness publication for organizations to send to their employees because I know how hard it is to get the funds and resources to be able to send out those types of communications. So this is my gift to you to send out free to your employees. You could sign up for them by going to privacyguidance.com and submitting your email in the box in the upper right part of your screen. 
Now to my tip for the week. And this is related to my show topic today. So think about all those mini printers and copy machines and fax machines that people use. Uh, They're largely now connected to the internet in one way or another through whatever connections are available, often by default from the settings within them. Many are also configured by default to save all of the documents that are captured by them and sent by them and and so on. Now, many people also have these devices in their homes for personal use. And certainly, most businesses use, some quite often, these types of devices. But many people and business leaders have forgotten that they even have such devices used or attached to their networks or used by their business partners or the businesses that send them information. So my tip is this, put aside a few minutes and check the settings on your printers, fax machines, and copy machines. Check to see if their settings have them attached to your networks or maybe to other networks or devices. Some have uh, connections in their peer-to-peer settings or to some online locations, such as a cloud service somewhere. As time goes on, it's really easy to forget about these devices and the pathways that they open up into your valuable data and to your applications and systems. So my tip is this, set aside some time to check on the security of these devices. So you might be thinking, well, what specific checks should we make? Well, listen on, because we're going to discuss these activities in detail in the show today. So on March 17th of this year, 2019, just last week, it was widely reported that a California-based business called Meditab Meditab advertises itself as being one of the leading electronic medical records software makers for hospitals, doctors' offices, and pharmacies. It was allegedly leaking possibly millions of doctor's notes, medical records, and prescriptions daily from an online server. That server had no password required to get into it. It simply did not require authentication. Among other things, Metatab processes electronic faxes for healthcare providers. Now, faxing is still a primary method for sharing patient files between other providers and with pharmacies, but that fax server was not properly secured. According to the security company that actually discovered all of that personal and sensitive data, the exposed fax server was running an Elasticsearch database containing over 6 million patient records, and it had been online and accessible since its creation in March 2018, so basically for a full year. Think about it, because the server had no password, anyone could have accessed and copied or read and so on 
the transmitted faxes in storage or also in real time. And as I was reading about this report, I was even thinking a lot of that data was probably um, discoverable through the various online search engines. And that information was in clear text. It was clear text content. You know, I provided some thoughts to Marianne McGee at healthcareinfosecurity.com about this, some of which she included in her great article that was published on March 18th, and it was titled, Unsecure Fax Server Leaked Patient Data Incident Highlights the Importance of Vendor Risk Management. Now, ever since I spoke with her, about this incident, it really made me realize, you know, I need to do a show on this because these are long time problems with faxing and they're still with us. And it seems like the problems are getting greater. Legacy systems and devices such as fax servers and fax machines often become the Achilles heels of systems and applications and data security because as they become less used but still remain available or online or collecting and storing data, they are simply too often overlooked. Also, too many people simply assume that since faxing has been around for several decades that the faxes have surely been replaced and no longer used. Well, this assumption is dangerous and it's incorrect. Too many organizations I've done assessments for over the years have shown me their past assessments and usually faxing was not with covered within the assessment scope. Copy machines and printers are also vulnerabilities for cybersecurity threats, as well as within most organizations, and too often they're overlooked. Ever since fax machines have been used, there have been significant vulnerabilities that are simply overlooked. And this is such a concern that there have been even large conferences about fax use that have been held to cover many different topics, including this problem. In fact, I provided a keynote about fax security and privacy in July of 2011 at a large conference, the Global Global Fax Summit that took place in Tucson, Arizona. So it's a big deal, and it's still a big deal. Faxing is still widely used throughout the world. Recent research shows that over 17 billion faxes are sent on an annual basis by organizations and individuals all throughout the world. And recent research from the International Data Corporation also shows that faxing is actually growing in use. It's not slowing. I wanted to give you just a few stats that I found really interesting about this. So some of the research showed the following. 82% of organizations have increased their fax usage just in this past year, while only 18% said that their use of faxes went down. 
Baxing activities actually grew 27% over last year for those organizations that indicated that they had fax growth. And the projections for these companies show that they're going to even increase that an additional 25% over the next 24 months. 89% of small to medium-sized organizations still use faxing in some form, whether it's fax servers or fax machines or online fax services. 62% of IT pros still support physical fax machines. Due to the continued use of faxes by consumers as well as from the wide variety of suppliers out there and also the small to mid-sized businesses, companies still must meet those demands. And besides the growing use of fax machines and fax servers, we now have a really large growth of cloud fax services, and that's predicted to continue to grow as well. And from what I've seen, read about, and heard from information security pros directly and online, faxing equipment and activities are increasingly simply overlooked or they're ignored or left out of assessments or or being considered as part of the scope. So these various types of faxing activities and along with copy machines and um, printers, they're creating vulnerable pathways directly into large repositories of personal data and to um, applications. Even though faxing is occurring more than ever before and increasing, it seems like the consideration of them as part of a security risk is lessening. So today I'm going to discuss this topic with someone who's perfect for providing some insights into the significant but overlooked too often risk. Today I'm welcoming to the show Eric Nelson, founder and principal of Secure Privacy Solutions. Eric has extensive experience conducting privacy and information security assessments including being in leadership positions for privacy and security consulting at Synergistech, the Linden Group, and has held IT and information security consulting roles with Siemens Corporation and EDS. Eric has also participated on legislative and regulatory committees and served as an advisor to local and state governments. Eric also contributed to federal identity theft legislation, and he developed privacy and information security student curriculum for the University of Illinois. I've known Eric for several years, and I know he's done a huge number of privacy and security assessments for a wide range of businesses throughout the U.S. You know, I've long been amazed at all the traveling that Eric has done to be on site doing all of those assessments. You can see more about Eric in his bio posted at my Voice America website, along with information about this show. Eric, thank you so much for being my guest today. Welcome to my show. Well, hi, Rebecca. Thank you very much. I'm real glad to be here. Well, you know, as you can tell from my intro, 
this is just kind of a surprising, I think, topic and uh, area of risk, perhaps, for many of our listeners, especially some of the recent research. But, you know, let's step back for a little bit, just think about doing security and privacy assessments in general. And I know you've been doing them for quite a, a long time. Can you let our listeners know, you know, how long you've been doing privacy and security assessments and some of your experiences with those? Sure, sure. Um, I started Secure Privacy Solutions around 2007. I've uh, been involved with information security and privacy for, for longer than that, but um, really conducted the privacy and information security assessments for the last 12 years, a good portion of which has been in the healthcare industry as well as their, uh, their business associates. Some of the frameworks that, that we've used are everything from the HIPAA privacy and security rules, ISO assessments, and really the, the primary one for the last couple of years has been the NIST cybersecurity framework. Hmm. Well, that's great. Well, um, what have you found then during those assessments? I mean, if you, if you could think of like the most egregious <laughs> problems <laughs> that you've identified, what would you say in general are some of the things that um, just really maybe surprises you or maybe you think, what the heck are they thinking here? I <laughs> had, had a few of those and uh, actually some, some good stories to go along with them, but, but just a couple of examples. Uh, mm-hmm. Working for one healthcare organization, they have a, had a medical van that would pull up every month, and the medical van, which did MRIs and such, needed to get uh, access to the, to the hospital's network. So they set up an Ethernet connection out in the public parking lot out back, and basically the, the, the truck would pull up, they'd plug in, and, and boom, they're on the network. The problem is that that network connection was in no way protected. It basically had a cover on it to protect it from the rain, but there were no security controls, padlocks, or anything else. So fortunately, there was a CIO that identified that as a risk, but wanted to highlight it to the management of the hospital because it, obviously it was a very significant risk. Oh, Probably one yeah. of the more, more interesting uh, other, other areas was a data center that mm-hmm. the air conditioning wasn't working properly, so being in Montana, they, they figured the best solution was to poke a hole in the wall, the cinder block uh, wall of the data center, and literally you, you could poke, poke your head through the hole, and there were people walking along the sidewalk, just on the public sidewalk there. So from a security perspective, it was um, somebody could have looked in, thrown things in, whatever the case might be. Wow. But over. Overall, most of the, most of the things are, are just a lack of formal processes. Uh, people not being aware that they need to, to lock shredding bins or people not aware that they need to not share passwords or need to change their passwords from time to time, those types of things. Oh, yeah. Well, with your first example, I was immediately thinking, gosh, if I, I knew what that van did and I was, you know, a, a hacker or somebody malicious, I'd just follow them around wherever they drove to each day. I think that I could have gotten a lot of data if I did that, if they had the same practices everywhere they went. Absolutely. Um, Especially when they knew about it, the organization knew about it and didn't kind of put their head in the sand and just said, well, just deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's sad that so often that happens, and it kind of happens with faxing security, I think. I mean, what type of security and privacy problems have you found during your assessments with fax servers? Well, most, most as you mentioned in the, uh, the recent MetaTab Breach article and the Data Breach Today article, 
Um, many organizations, it's not just the organization that, that was mentioned in the article, it's, it's a lot of organizations that don't encrypt their data that is behind their firewall or within their organization or, or managed by a third party. And I'd, I'd say that's probably the number one risk uh, is the fact that that data, if something were to happen to it, if it's encrypted, that's, that's half the battle. There's some, there may be some safe harbor uh, uh, included if that data is encrypted, but again, they think they have the safeguards in place. The other thing that uh, you mentioned earlier, authentication. And while mm-hmm. user IDs and passwords are in place, and, and we're talking fax servers here, but really this applies to any type of server that contains confidential information. Um, a lot of organizations, especially smaller organizations is what I've seen, that they either may, I've seen, I've seen passwords posted on, on Post-it notes that are attached to the computer screens. I've seen it written down on a piece of paper that others can use. Um, it's, it's, there, there are certain practices that the employees think they're, they're just trying to get the job done, but in fact, they're putting the organization at risk because they're sharing their passwords or, in some cases, they haven't changed their passwords in several years. Mm-hmm. Well, and that not changing passwords, I think folks often don't realize that the ID that devices use, like fax machines and fax servers and so on, I think they don't realize that those IDs, even though they're not human, <laughs> they still need to have uh, appropriate controls and practices around the ID itself. I think that's uh, a disconnect in just the way people, you know, view those IDs and how they're used. Sure. And, uh, and one other thing that I wanted to mention, and again, this goes to what you mentioned earlier about fax machines and fax servers not really being taken into consideration for assessments, is that uh, when a new fax, say a fax server or fax system is implemented, they're really, uh, what, what are the, one of the things that should happen is, if it's a large organization, they probably have an IT change management group that evaluates the, the changes to the organization, but what they don't do is evaluate the risks associated with uh, a vendor security controls if it's a hosted product or internal mm-hmm. security risks that you mentioned earlier. Yes. Yeah, there's so many times assumptions are made, I think, regarding those that they don't think about actually actively asking about them. Um, And what about your assessments for the fax machines? Because I know in my experience, I've seen a lot of physical fax machines still widely in use. I mean, how about you? What have you been seeing? Absolutely. And, and again, I, I kind of have to separate it by larger organizations versus smaller organizations, mm-hmm. um, especially the last couple of years with the implementation of, for instance, patient, patient systems or other systems uh, that are automated. A larger organization may have use the fax servers and they don't have paper anymore or, or very little paper. Or smaller organizations, especially if it's a shared fax machine, that fax machine could be in a common area. Mm-hmm. Uh, that fact, the faxes can be sitting there just stacking up with, uh, with, with personal information on it. And if no one comes to claim that information in a, in a short period of time, that information is there available for any employee. Or I've seen in some cases where uh, a, a non-employee could be walking by that common area, and if they wanted to, could just pick up that stack and, and walk off with it. Right. And who would know? Because the way they're transmitted sometimes, uh, people just assume they either, you know, got lost in transmission or they just resend it again because they just assume something happened to it technically. Sure. Um, sure. And, you know, with fax machines, too, I don't know if, you, if you've seen this as well, 
But it seems like a lot of times, especially as you mentioned in the small to mid-sized organizations, um, those using the fax machines oftentimes assume that they're faxing to another fax machine. So a lot of the folks that I've talked to over the years just, you know, they didn't realize that those faxes weren't going to a machine, that they were going to an actual server or to somebody's email sometimes. Um, and that causes some pro- uh, some risks as well because of those assumptions. Sure. And, and to that point, uh, that it's, you know, people in the organization are, are generally aware that yeah, I'm using a fax, but, but they have no idea where it's being sent. But also, uh, they assume that as long as they enter the correct telephone number or the, or the correct recipient number, that everything's fine, and that's the last they'll ever think about it or, or hear about it. Right. In fact, I don't know if you heard about this uh, situation that occurred a few years ago, but there was a situation where a hospital always sent to a pharmacy the different records, you know, that they share on a daily basis oftentimes, and the pharmacy had changed their fax phone number. Somebody else was using it, and they didn't know that. And the organization that used it saw an opportunity when they, it was a small, uh, I think it was an auto repair shop or something. But the person that was getting all that information saw an opportunity, and they actually started using all of that patient data for uh, identity fraud. So, you know, it, it kept going on for years, and, you know, the, the people committing the fraud were like, oh, this is a great gift, you know, here's a <laughs> additional uh, revenue line coming into our business. So, uh, you know, people just didn't realize it, and, and you would think that they would have if uh, the pharmacy had not been getting those, but for, for some reason they hadn't have. Um, sure. So, so we're in about two minutes. Uh, we're coming up on a break here, but we'll, before we get to that break, I'm wondering: Did you ever find organizations that simply did not realize that they had fax servers or fax machines that were being used? Not, not from an inventory perspective. Most most organizations realize that the fax machines are are in place, but again, maybe the the, the larger organization organizations seem to do a better job of tracking their assets. So they'll mm-hmm. they'll keep they'll they'll have usually tags on various types of computers, servers, faxes, whatever the case might be, or they'll have service contracts in place. But again, if it's a smaller to mid sized organization. They may or may not. There might be instances where somebody has a personal fax machine or a fax machine Mm. on their desk that just isn't tracked and therefore uh, is definitely a potential liability because no one is aware of it. No one knows what data is on it. And if that person takes that machine away or if that somebody walks off with it, which is probably less likely, um, there, there could be a potential breach. Exactly. Well, we're going to break right here for uh, a couple of minutes because right now it's time for a quick break to hear from my valued sponsors that I do appreciate so much. I'm speaking today with Eric Nelson, founder and principal of Secure Privacy Solutions, about faxing security and privacy. I'm your host, Rebecca Harold, the Privacy Professor. You can contact me with questions and comments about this show using Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com and also through my PrivacyGuidance.com website. Please stay with us. We'll be right back after these important messages from my sponsors.
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The Privacy Professor is your trusted source for effective information security, privacy, and compliance advice, compliance tools, education, consulting, expert witness services, and board positions. Visit us online at privacyprofessor.org. Rebecca Harold and Associates offers information security products, privacy, and compliance tools, education, and consulting. Rebecca also provides keynote speeches and her free Privacy Professor monthly tips messages. She has published since 2007. Visit privacyprofessor.org for help and answers to your questions. Have you heard about Symbus360.com? The Symbus system includes information security, privacy, and compliance management, policies, procedures, and forms, third-party and vendor management, training and awareness, breach response and management, employee tasks and assets management, and risk management automation. Symbus also offers Alien Vault Unified IT Security Management at reduced pricing and also cyber liability insurance with limits up to $25 million. You need to find out more about the Symbus system. Visit Symbus360.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. If you have a question or comment about the program, feel free to send an email to Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. That's Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. Now, back to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. Welcome back to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor on the Voice America's Business Channel. I'm your host, Rebecca Harold. I'm speaking today with Eric Nelson, founder and principal of Secure Privacy Solutions. And we're talking about faxing security and privacy. Um, And when we left off, we we were talking about some of the problems. And Eric, did you ever find... Any fax machines that were actually still active but not being monitored or, or even used? Well, uh, I, I've come across a lot of organizations that store equipment, including computers, servers, fax machines, different types of assets, and they, they're in storage until they're removed for disposal. Mm-hmm. And I've actually seen instances where some of this equipment, it might be stored for a year or two before it's disposed, and there's no formal process for documenting or tracking the disposal of that equipment. So if, a, if it is taken out of service, there could be a fax machine that has data on it that no one mm-hmm. either knows about, or if it is sent off to, a, to another party, donated, or, or even uh, uh, set up for disposal, may never be tracked. Um, right. as, as far as monitoring or auditing the use of fax machines, I don't believe I've ever seen a, an organization actually proactively monitor fax use unless, unless it's after the fact, unless a breach has occurred. Mm-hmm. So... I don't believe that most organizations actually track, for, especially for individual fax machines, actually track the type of usage that, that is uh, on a fax machine, whether they know about it or not. Yeah, you know what I've seen through the years, too, is that oftentimes um, organizations don't treat their fax machines or copy machines or printers, they don't treat them as computing devices. So oftentimes... They are tracked only by, you know, the asset management part of the company, 
that tracks um, things like desks and chairs. <laughs> and so they kind of get lost uh, simply because they uh, of how people view them or, you know, don't view them as actual computing devices anymore. Sure, um, sure. So, and, then, and to your point, it, it's, it's usually the... They might monitor system access, and a sysadmin may may monitor system access to to see who accessed a system, what they accessed, that type of thing. But again, they're not checking on who used a fax, who sent what, and what type of data was even sent. Right, right. That's that's a, a huge hole there, I think. Well, what are some examples of fax incidents or breaches that you've seen through the years? Most of the time, it's it's inadvertent uh, disclosure. In other words, somebody sent the fax to the wrong to the wrong number, and especially in healthcare, that it, that has been a major problem. Um, one department specifically that it seems to happen in is the emergency department because there's so many so much going on, and I've seen uh, a lot of instances where the emergency department will fax patient information from somebody that just left the emergency department. It may go to the wrong number. They may actually burn a CD, which is a little bit different, uh, give it to the wrong person. Uh, but there are a lot of reasons why the inadvertent disclosures uh, happen. Now, I'm also, there was one, one situation where uh, a person in the finance department was sending, was faxing, emailing and faxing patient information to a personal injury lawyer for different types of cases as a referral. Now, mm-hmm. that's an exception. And if that I won't even go into the detail, but it kind of raised a pretty big can of worms, opened up a can of worms on that one. But mm-hmm. the point is that I'm sure that there are a lot of unauthorized faxes being sent for any number of reasons, including identity theft. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, yeah. And people just aren't, uh, aren't realizing it. Did those stats, I mean, at the beginning of the show when I uh, was kind of going over those that recent research and talking about how fax use is actually growing in 89% of organizations and not, you know, lessening. Did that, did you find that as a surprise based on what you've been seeing or does that seem about right considering especially small and mid-sized businesses? It it seems about right. It it wasn't, it was surprising to me that it actually is growing because I think the, the idea is to be able to uh, have uh, electronic connections, not fax connections, but but uh, direct point-to-point connections or, or secure email or whatever versus a fax machine. So I was a little bit surprised by, by that figure, although during the past 10 or 12 years, I, haven't, I certainly haven't seen a, a, a lack or, or less use of fax machines or faxing, be it a fax server or, or an individual unit. Right. Well, I think, too, some of what I'm seeing is because people know that they cannot share their own personal IDs. Um, they view sharing the ID of a fax machine as a way to get around that. <laughs> so it's like, let's all share this fax ID because, you know, we can't share our own personal ones. And then that way, lots of people are using that same ID to get access to those transmissions. And all of a sudden, that becomes... Um, a weak point in in the security of the the network. Sure, sure, and I, and I also think I, I, I keep mentioning the difference between a larger organization and a small to midsize. I think mm-hmm. the larger organizations that have more formal processes in place and more disciplinary uh, processes in place, uh, the, the employees are aware of the implications if they if they do misuse equipment or 
inadvertently send a send a fax to the wrong number. Uh, but the smaller organizations, they're, they don't have the same type of consequences. Well, that's a great point. And then also within the organizations, you know, we're talking about fax servers and fax machines, but really kind of similar issues arise with copy machines and printers. Uh, what have you found for during all of your assessments for copy machines as far as risks and breaches? Have you seen that as a problem as well? Really the, the same type of problems and issues, especially with the equipment not having unencrypted hard drives, for instance, or uh, we'll, we'll talk about disposal in a minute or two, but, but data that's not wiped um, mm-hmm. after, after use from a copier or a fax machine. Um, also, the, the problem of having hard, hard copy left on the machines or adjacent to the machines, just people walking by and picking up. Anybody could pick it up and read it or take it or, or whatever the case might be, especially with machines that are in a common area or, or uh, which doesn't happen as much, but a public area. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that sometimes in like the strip malls or the big malls, uh, there's a lot of people milling about and can get access to those types of things. Well, and then with printers, I know that a few years ago, I was reading about an incident where um, people's personal printers, you know, on their home uh, wide area networks, they weren't securing their printers appropriately. And for all my listeners out there who are thinking, how does this impact us? Well, a lot of times you have fax capabilities and, and printing and, and copy capabilities on your own personal devices. And a few years ago, one of those was being used as a repository for um, illegal pornography, and they didn't even realize it, the person <laughs> who, uh, because, you know, they left their printer open all the time, and they didn't have their wide area network secured, so that connection to the internet was discovered, and there was a huge storage area there, so the the pedophiles were using it to store their data and then sending, you know, their customers to their printer, and they kind of got caught up in a... Uh, a, a situation that they would have preferred not to have been a part of. So that's something is <laughs> definitely understandable there. I, well, one of the other one of the other industries where I've seen a lot of problems with printers is in the uh, car sales. We oh, really? I, I was I was doing a red flag assessments, uh, Federal Trade Commission red flag assessments for uh, the automotive industry, and we would go in usually about 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, right before the salespeople got there, but the service department might be open. And we'd do a walkthrough and walk to different desks and walk to different, there were printers on the desks, and there were there was financial information. If somebody's purchasing a car, you know the type of information mm. that's required and the amount of information, and there'd be mm-hmm. stacks of that information just sitting on the salespeople's desks, on copy machines, whatever the case might be. And it was there all night. So you could have had cleaning crews coming in. You could have had anybody just walking through that maybe from a social engineering perspective looked like they knew what they were doing, pick it up, and just just walk away with somebody's financial information. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many opportunities, especially, like you said, for the small to mid-sized business folks who – you know, they don't have dedicated uh, security people typically 
to help make sure that all the security risks are taken care of. So oftentimes those types of things uh, really do leave a lot of vulnerabilities to them. Um, So I wanted to, before we go on to the advice, did you have any other examples of problems that you've seen with either reuse or disposal of fax machines, copy machines and printers or any real life um, penalties that you've seen or heard about? Well, from, from a disposal perspective, I, I think the issues are that when people, a lot, a lot of people don't realize that the machines do contain the data, and because, or, or they're managed by a vendor, they assume the vendor is going to wipe the machines or, or uh, do whatever they can to, to remove the, the, the patient or the personal information. And I, th- I think that assumption, a lot of contracts now, are, uh, fortunately, are starting to state the security requirements for those third-party vendors, but, but it's still an issue if you depend on those vendors and you don't do any kind of due diligence to check up on them. Um, as far as other consequences go, the, uh, one of the, uh, the things I've seen for, for instance, in- incidental breaches is a lot of organizations, especially in healthcare, have a disciplinary process, usually a four-step disciplinary process, which consists of a warning, a written warning, of suspension, and then termination. However, I've come across a couple of organizations that uh, an inadvertent disclosure, a fax sent to the wrong number, is immediate cause for termination. So mm. uh, in, in addition to the organization itself having to take the time to investigate, to um, possibly notification and everything else for each individual uh, incident, employees could lose their jobs if they make the mistake of sending something to the wrong uh, number. Yeah, definitely. Well, and and to your previous point about the vendor, and this kind of comes back to the example and the lead-in about the MetaTab, you know, that was a faxing uh, service, cloud service, And it just was like, how could they not have had a password established and required for that? I mean, was it just assumed that because it was faxing that there wouldn't be an issue there? I mean, that that really surprised me as well. And it'll be interesting as time goes on, since this was just reported, to see if HIPAA penalties will be applied to that. It'll be interesting to see how large uh, any penalties might be. I mean, sure, sure. And I think I think that the whole the whole point there is that you have an organization that was providing the service, but they had I don't know if it was a formal subsidiary or a business associate that was the one that actually my understanding of that incident was the one that had the the actual lack of security controls and, and therefore the breach. So mm-hmm. the the risk there is is the vendor is the, is potentially the third party or, or the business associate that you're depending on. Yes, have you done your due diligence when you use? One of these cloud services that's that's managing exactly. faxes. Yeah, have you checked to see if they have security over those fax transmissions? And you know, the covered entity, it's going to share in liability too because they could might come back and they might find that they didn't do proper due diligence to check on the security of their business associate before they hired them. So sure, sure. Um, 
all possibilities. So now I want to do something, try something new. This is a little bit different from our other shows, but I get so many of my listeners, Eric, that you know, ask, well, can you provide more tips for some of these things? So I thought, well, it might be kind of fun for you and I to take turns giving some tips or recommendations because there are so many security and privacy risks related to faxing and printing and copying. And the folks listening out there might be thinking, well, what should we do to make sure that um, that our faxing is secure and printing and, and so on? So let's start with you. What would be your first tip to provide to our listeners for ensuring that their faxes are secure? My first tip is, is very straightforward, is if you have the opportunity to do it, make sure your stored data is encrypted mm. before anything else. And that's just okay. to make sure that if something were to happen, that hopefully the data is inaccessible, unusable, and, and unreadable. I mean, there's a lot of other things we can, we can talk about, but as a, as a first step, try to make sure that the data is protected. Right. And with regard to encryption, so with encryption, you have encryption through the server. You have encryption through devices, the newer devices. I don't know. I know there's still some really old fax machines yeah. out there. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so you, you might want to upgrade. You get a, Invest uh, a couple of hundred bucks in uh, U.S. dollars in uh, a new fax machine. But, uh, yeah, so... Typically, you can find the settings that show you whether or not um, the data will be encrypted in, in storage or in transmission, right? Right, right. And, and the main thing, I think, is the storage more than the, encrypt, the, the transmission itself, but, but the, at least the data in storage. Um, and also, a lot of the newer machines, uh, to your point, have the encryption built in or they're set up where if you do fax or transmit something, the machine will automatically wipe that transmission so that it's not stored. And that's something, a capability that, that people should know about their, their machines, whether they can uh, do that or not. Oh, that's a great one, too. Yeah, because I bet a lot of people don't have it set to automatically delete it once it's been sent. And by default, like you said, a lot of times it stores it automatically. Well, here's my tip. And I'm going to go old school here because I think uh, doing some of the old time practices oftentimes catches some of the new time um, vulnerabilities. So like I mentioned that when the number changed for the fax transmission and then the recipient saw opportunity and so they started using it for identity theft, well, that could have been stopped if they would have just called, you know, picked up their phone and actually called and spoke to someone directly and said, hey, I just sent a fax. Did you receive it? And if the intended recipient did not receive it, you know something needs to be checked on. And um, to make sure that somebody didn't get your facts, your, your sensitive information possibly, that you wouldn't want to have received it. So call and confirm to make sure that your intended recipient actually got the facts uh, before you just go along your merry way and assume that everything is okay. So what, what's another tip that you have for us, Eric? I, I'm a big believer, and this isn't not just for the fax transmission, but this is just for information security and privacy in general, is to develop formal procedures and training associated, in this case, with mm-hmm. faxing and securing personal information. 
let people understand that there is a risk associated with it, understand their responsibilities, and understand that they should do things like make the phone call to make sure that the number's still valid or make sure that the uh, information that they have uh, is, is, is headed to the right person, make sure that it's appropriately accessed, whatever the case might be, but make sure that people have initial training and ongoing awareness training on the responsibilities and the risks associated with, with faxing. Yes. You, you can't assume that people know how to secure uh, the data that they're using, right? And I think too many people just assume, oh, well, everybody knows what you shouldn't shouldn't do, especially with the old, the good old long-time used fax machine or fax server. So very well, good. From a, from a disciplinary perspective, if, if something, if there were a disclosure, for instance, in California, some of the labor laws, if you didn't teach the employee that they weren't supposed to do something, if you didn't explicitly state it, then you may not be able to do anything about it from a disciplinary perspective. Ah, very good point. So the, everything should be documented, too, to prove that you did have the policies and procedures and prove that they participated in that training then. Yep. And then one last point about the, the training and awareness um, and having the formal process and procedures from a regulatory requirement that's actually, as you know, from a HIPAA perspective, uh, from, you know, looking at the new California Protection Act, Consumer Protection mm-hmm. Act, and, and others, uh, these security controls are required by organizations now, and, and the penalties could be pretty significant if, if they aren't followed and in place. Yes, very good point. And the cost of that would be many times more than the cost of uh, providing the training, that's for sure. Um, so here's my next tip. And this is something, Eric, I bet you've probably done this too, but at the beginning of my risk assessments and privacy impact assessments, I like to ask my key stakeholders you know, certain upfront questions. And one of the things I ask of my key stakeholders, and I try to get them all in the same room at the same time if I can, because sometimes they hear each other giving information and they kind of are like, oh, I didn't know you were doing something like that. I like to ask them, yeah, yeah, there's some really big surprises I've seen there. That's a topic for another show, I think. But um, so I like to ask, in what ways are you using faxing to send and receive information within each of the key stakeholder areas? And I got to tell you, I always find the key stakeholders who talk about things that they're doing with regard to using fax servers or fax cloud servers, um, services, or even the fax machines that others in their own organization didn't even realize. And I always like to have the security officer and the privacy officer there too. And a lot of times, you know, I see them start taking notes um, (laughs) quite frequently because they hear about all of these entry points, which those are that are leading into their organization through the fax servers and and the cloud services that they they didn't even know had been established. So um, that's my my next recommendation. Identify the ways, all the ways in which your uh, faxes are being used uh, within your organization. So what's another one that you might have for us? Well, I, I think. Just a quick comment on your last comment is, is from an from a assessment perspective, is to map the flow of information. And mm. the, 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 
from the time that information comes in your organization to the time it leaves. And again, to your earlier point, the, the fax machines, the, the fax processes are usually not part of that process. So that's, that's a great point. Um, one of my other uh, comments is that if, if even for a small organization, they, could, they can purchase a hosted service, but uh, try to use a centralized or cloud-based service versus individual fax machines that mm-hmm. have the security control, con- uh, excuse me, controls in place, including not just logon credentials, not just authentication credentials, but the use of individual account codes so that mm-hmm. people can't use a, that they're actually, a, they're, they're, they're made aware that they're accountable, but they are accountable, and that the, the use of fax transmissions can be monitored and audited if necessary. Yes, that is so much easier, isn't it, than if you have all these uh, disjointed or disconnected machines out there separately. Well, believe it or not, we're getting to the end of our show here, and before we have to wrap up, Eric, what's a key point about fax server or fax machine security or just general faxing, printing, copying. What would you want our listeners today, and they're coming from all over the world and from many different types of organizations and some in the general public, what would you want our listeners to take away from listening to the show today? I'd like to make the point, and this applies to to faxes, this applies to just information um, in general, uh, confidential information in general, that every, every organization, no matter where they're located, that collects, stores, or shares personal information, they need to assess their security and privacy risks. They need to implement administrative, technical, and physical controls to mitigate those risks. And possibly, most important, train the staff on the security requirements and what the staff's responsibilities are to protect that information. Great. Very great advice, Eric. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Well, thanks for having me, and we could certainly make the, have this conversation go on a lot longer if we, if, we, if we had the time to do so. Exactly. So today I've been speaking with Eric Nelson, founder and principal of Secure Privacy Solutions, and we've been focusing on faxing security and privacy, but certainly a lot of these issues also apply to printers and copy machines, as you've heard, and certainly the new uh, online cloud services that provide all these types of services as well. So, all of you listening, please send me some feedback about this show. Would you like to hear more about this topic? Uh, Are you going to take actions as a result of the information we provided today? And I would be so um, curious to find out, did you find any rogue fax machines or fax servers? If you did, (laughs) go out and take action based upon what you heard today or if you found any printers or copy machines that you didn't know about. Please just let me know. Also, do you have any other topics to suggest that I cover on this show or a guest to suggest or any other type of item or news item that you think my listeners would be interested in hearing about. Just contact me with your questions and ideas using Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. And please tune into the show each week. If you cannot make our scheduled lifetime, you will always be able to listen to all of my past recordings on demand at any time that you want. And you can use any of your um, apps or news uh 
sites to listen to those, but certainly go to the voiceamerica.com business channel website and go to my show and you can hear about all of that information there as well. You know, I urge you all to notice and stay aware of information security and privacy issues. As you go about your daily activities, when you go to your job and do your daily work, or when you encounter anything else that involves your personal information, how it's secured, and potentially used in ways that could impact your privacy. Until our next show, ask those you do business with and those you work for if they are doing all that they can to secure the information that you've entrusted to them. Be privacy aware in the week ahead. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in this week. Data security and privacy with the Privacy Professor can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week, stay safe.